Hi, Chandra. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks. How are you? Doing really well. Thanks so much for joining us. So, you know, before we talk about sort of all the things that you were involved with, um, so tell us how you felt when you heard that Blackbird was closing. I know that you have a lot of personal ties there. Uh, You know what? I mean, obviously what's happening with the pandemic and, and everything has just been horrible, but finding out that Blackbird was closing was just such a punch in the gut. I mean, this is a restaurant that means so much to me. It means so much to, I think, almost everyone in Chicago's food scene. And it's devastating, frankly, to to think that this, this restaurant that really transformed our city is not going to be able to, to survive this. And well, before you tell us whether or not you were surprised to hear the news, for folks that aren't that involved in the food scene or maybe they don't go out as much to eat or, or never ate at Blackbird, why it, was Blackbird so important? So Blackbird opened at the end of 1997. And at the time in Chicago, you could go to some, like pretty formal fine dining restaurants you could go to more casual kind of like more like uh, red sauce Italian spots. You could go to more themed restaurants like the lettuce entertainment spots, but there wasn't anything that served this kind of fine dining level food in a more casual atmosphere. And so these days we don't think twice about going out to a nice restaurant wearing like jeans and a top or something. Mm -hmm. But back then, you just didn't. And, and the thing was, Blackbird opened with this idea that we're going to have this amazing food, and we're going to have wonderful service in this beautiful room, but come as you are. Mm-hmm. And it, it really was the first restaurant that embraced that style that is, you know, that you see all over the country now. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well, I mean, when Blackbird opened, um, so I was in I was in culinary school in New York, and I came out to Chicago to do my externship, um, which is like a six month uh, period of working at a restaurant you do halfway uh, halfway through culinary school. I came out to Chicago to do this, and we were like, you know, Randolph Street was just getting started. Certainly, there were no restaurants over by Blackbird. No one thought. This like we were sort of like the not very cool kids <laughs> on this block. Hard to where, imagine. I know, I know, but it's also the restaurant that you know one, if not the only restaurant from the late '90s on Randolph Street that you know was still going and thriving up until up until COVID hit. Wow. Um, You know, so it's really a restaurant that helped put Chicago on the map in terms of being a food city. So it really sort of ignited that. It really did. And I, you know, I talked to chefs and food writers from all over the country, and they would come to Chicago for one thing or the other, if it was an event or the restaurant show or something, and they would just be like, all right, everyone is telling me about this restaurant, Blackbird. Mm -hmm. And 
Paul wasn't necessarily a named chef at the time. Um, chefs were really, you know, there were with a few exceptions of like the celebrity chefs like Rick Bayless. Mm-hmm. Um, chefs weren't very well known, and so it was it was the restaurant that from the get go had this huge buzz in the industry, and so it was crazy when I was working there and. You know, Charlie Trotter would come in. John Hogan would come in. Nancy Silverton would be in town from Los Angeles. And, you know, creating this, you know, La Brea Bakery and her baking and restaurant empire out there. And she would come in. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Like, we would, it it also, you know, it it had one of the first open kitchens that I had seen in Chicago at the time. So we would sort of duck in the back and just have our little freakouts of, (laughs) am I really expected to cook for Charlie Trotter without like weeping? But (laughs) so you're talking about all of these superstar chefs. And this was even before there were sort of these um, chef celebrities that have become famous through television shows that would dine here. People that would, you know, make Chicago a, a destination trip just to dine there. And then sort of not only were they at the forefront in terms of pushing the envelope with food, but also with the aesthetic, too. So it sounds like so you've explained why it's important to us. But um, why, you know, were you surprised to hear the news? And are you worried for other restaurants? I was surprised to hear the news. And I think it's just that, you know, we're all uh, like, I think what we learn about the pandemic and what we think of uh, about the future keeps changing on a week-to-week basis. I remember it doesn't seem that long ago that I thought that we would be locked down for two weeks and then we'd all go back to work and everything would be fine. And so now it's, it's I guess I, I kind of thought, hoped, well, they can just kind of hang on and keep going. But when you think about it, you know, one of the, one of the really notable things about Blackbird is this incredible sleek, design. Mm-hmm. And it's the same design it opened with. It's it's a really timeless, timeless space. Uh, but it's not conducive to socially distant dining. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, and it's, it's so much more difficult to pull that off in a restaurant like Blackbird, which is a four-star establishment and is, um, it's not stuffy and formal, but it's, it's harder to be able to do that as opposed to a more casual place. So they opened a VEC next door uh, several years ago, and a VEC is more of a Mediterranean-influenced wine bar. And it's just as tight quarters in there, but I think a VEC is a little bit, uh, it's a little bit easier to imagine getting food from a VEC uh, via takeout. And um, it just seems like it, it makes perfect sense, but it's just, so sad. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. I mean, everyone I've talked to, chefs, uh, restaurant industry people around the city, writers, were all just like, "Oh God, not Blackbird." But yeah, I think it's. I think it's one of. I think we're going to see a lot more of this. I mean, right now, we're doing this dance of back and forth. Of can you? Okay, can you? Is it safe to do takeout? Is it safe to? do outdoor dining? Is it safe to do dining inside the restaurant? And as we watch other parts of the country go back and forth, um, New York City just uh, just announced that contrary to what the government had uh, had decided a week ago, they're no longer opening up for uh, dine-in service because they're watching what's happening, you know, in California. They opened for a few weeks and then it stopped. Um, other states haven't necessarily pulled back on, on uh 
some of what uh, the business that restaurants can do, but their COVID cases are skyrocketing. So it's unfortunately, I think this is a reality of what we're facing, and it's it's terrible. It's so sad, especially when you think about guys like you know the Fort Partners who opened Blackbird and mm-hmm. their investors. I mean, they they opened it; they didn't have a single nickel to spare. And they did a lot of the construction themselves. And they, uh, I mean, Rick, one of the one of the partners, his, his mother used to come in and bring egg salad sandwiches for everyone who worked there. Wow. And she would roll chocolate truffles in the basement with me. And it was just this like very family, mm-hmm. um, this this very close knit environment. And that's what what it is at so many restaurants. And so they're really they you know restaurants operate on a really difficult business model. So. It's amazing to see who's made it so far and scary to think what the next year is going to bring. And of course, the Blackbird owners have other restaurants in uh, a restaurant group. But in terms of Blackbird and how special that particular restaurant um, was, it's kind of an end of an era. And it's incredible that you had such an intimate uh, knowledge of, of the restaurant, especially from the very beginning. And, and Chandra, I want to make sure that we um, plug the fact that you have a, you've written a beautiful piece that you wrote a couple years back. Where's that available? And can you tell us a little bit more about Plate, which is an award-winning uh, food magazine? Absolutely, and thank you. Um, it's on our website, plateonline.com, and it's called Project Blackbird. And uh, this was um, when I realized it was Blackbird's uh, 15th anniversary. I um, I talked to the guys and said, you know, I, I, you guys have accomplished so much and changed Chicago's dining scene so significantly. I want to talk to you about it and tell the story. And so I wound up talking to more than 40 people. Wow. Um, People who are chefs all over the country who got their start at Blackbird, people who were like, I moved to Chicago so that I could get a job as a prep cook there, people who say that working with Paul and his culinary influence to this day, you know, 10 years, 15, mm-hmm. 20 years later, it still impacts their cooking today. Love it. So and- I... I was going to mention, too, and, and Plate, you have a lot of articles there. Is it just for chefs, or can somebody that just sort of dabbles with cooking also enjoy articles and reading uh, the magazine? Oh, absolutely. It's for everyone. Um, and it's uh, you just register for the website, but it's free. And um, we have loads of interviews with chefs, of articles about restaurants and what's happening there. So anyone who's interested in restaurants um, will enjoy it. And then especially, we have thousands of restaurant recipes. So if you're one of those people <laughs> who misses a particular dish from a restaurant or just like really loves to do, you know, it's like we're all locked up right now. It's kind of fun to have some project cooking. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do some restaurant style cooking, we have thousands of restaurant recipes. So it's, uh, they're a lot of fun. And will you give the website one more time for plate? Sure. It's a uh, plate online.com. Fantastic. And uh, just tell me uh, one of your uh, most recent cookbooks that you would recommend because you've also co-authored and and authored a lot of cookbooks too. I have. I have. I have to say um, my most recent one was um, was called the Complete Indian Instant Pot Cookbook. And that's been, you know, that's just been so much fun to work with and, you know, to do events for and things like that. But I also wrote a, a really fun cookbook with Bill Kim of uh, of Urban Belly and Belly Q, and obviously it's at the restaurant at Crate and Barrel, and it's all Korean barbecue. So now that it's getting hot out, 
You've got your grill going. I think either one of those books will have some recipes for you. Love it. Chandra Ram, of course, a fantastic cookbook author and editor of Plate Magazine. And she's cooked and she's, a, I believe you're a master sum. You're just so knowledgeable at everything you bartended before. <laughs> By the way, I had to buy an Instant Pot just for your cookbook. So that's how much okay, well, I, I love your recipes. It. it was totally it's worth it. it. Thank you, Chandra, so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not a master psalm, but, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a really good rosé drinker these days. So well, I'll I, take that. <laughs> I can't wait to uh, cheers with you. Thanks so much. 